Hi-ho, Kermit the Frog here. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues Podcast. Yay! This is episode number 88 for the week of Wednesday, the 23rd of October. I'm John, and with me tonight are... Eli. And Tom. Tonight, our Toy of the Week is the complete collection of T-Force figures, and we interview Jared Zychek from Golden Age Comic Figurines. Good evening, gentlemen, and I say evening, which is an unusual thing for Mr. Eli. And uh, how's everybody doing? Well, it's actually my morning, and um, yeah. it's I, I, I suddenly have an appreciation for um, you, you guys getting up early for the podcast, especially when um, my wife tried to ply me with alcohol so that she could beat me at board games last night. Uh, what did you play? Uh, Ticket to Ride, Switzerland. Huh. Yeah, I don't think I've ever played that one. It's pretty good. Lots nope. of lots of tunnels. Mm. Highly recommended. Well, did she win? She won one. Yeah. Then I beat her after. Um, how many did you play? Just two. Okay. Yeah. Enough that's to drink fair. too much red wine. Uh, yeah, red wine, that's not good. That'll give you a headache. It can. The next morning. <laughs> not if it's good. Well, yeah. that's true. Yeah, we ate red you you have well. to buy the cheap red wine. No. Never. <clears throat> Any particular red wine in, in special? or? Uh, I think we were on the Shiraz last night. Yeah. Hmm. Good. It Good was deal. enjoyable. And, and Tom? Yeah, it's, it's the evening for me too, which is great. Um, I'm much more awake than last time. Well, uh, I didn't get to chat uh, with you the last time, so it's, it's a pleasure to meet you this time. Oh, yeah, so. same here. I can I can well, put a voice with a a name now. You're almost on the same time zone and everything. Almost, we're only about yeah. an hour off. Mm. Yeah, and and a, a continent away, but um, other than that, we're pretty close. <laughs> yeah, you're practically yeah, practically good. brothers. <laughs> yep. For for you guys not paying attention, you may remember Tom is from Argentina, right? Yeah. Yep. And. Um, that means that this podcast is coming to you from three different continents, which is is pretty cool. Is that a, um, is that a first? Um, we've had some interviews on three different continents, but I don't know that we've ever had all three hosts on different continents. Yeah. So this might be a first. There you go. So episode yeah. number eighty-eight coming to you from three continents. It doesn't get any better than that. No. And we have a huge show coming up, too, so we should probably get some things started with some news. Duke's in trouble! Scramble the Storm Eagle! A G.I. Joe Storm Eagle has a hidden water cannon that shoots up to 20 feet! But the Cobra Liquidator's making a splash, and the Parasite's launching catapult missiles! Mobilize the Patriot! It's the G.I. Joe Patriot with a huge mortar cannon that really fires! G.I. Joe Patriot, Storm Eagle, Cobra, Parasite, and Liquidator sold separately. I found the Barracuda! But Duke's gone! So glad you could join us! <laughs> well, 
before we get to all our main features, we'd like to start off with some news. You know, we're, we've said it before. We're not going to give you all the news in the world. We won't even give you most of the news in the world. This is just the stuff that, that we saw and said, ooh, that's pretty, or ooh, that's not so pretty. So, Eli, you have our first piece of news, so over to you. I've been waiting to talk about this one. This one is, um, you know, we, we are big fans of Sailor Moon on this show. I think, I think that's become obvious. And um, this week we've seen details of a uh, Sailor Moon proplica. And um, I didn't know what proplica meant until this week either. <clears throat> it is a, um, it's a prop, it's a moon wand um, from the Sailor Moon musical La Reconquista. And it's a, um, it is, um, I guess, a life-size um, prop for the co- cosplay set. Um, it's interesting. Um, you know... <laughs> It, it screams sex toy to me. I'm just going to say it. Wow. Which lights? Put it out there. Yeah, yeah. it lights I, up. I, and... I don't really know how, where do you buy your sex toys, John, but it's a dangerous <laughs> sex toys to me. I mean, that, that thing wow. looked kind of sharp. I didn't say it was one I would buy. I just said it looked like that. Uh, um, it's It's got a... The inclusion of a silver crystal, I guess that's important, but it's got um, seven colour LEDs. Uh, it's got a sound recording by the voice actress Kotono Mitsuishi and a special display stand. So that would be a the very stand- interesting sex toy that talks to you and flashes. The stand's pretty nice, yeah. really, and it flashes. Mm-hmm. All it would have to say there is it vibrates and you'd have something. <laughs> and we're probably driving people away from the podcast <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> It looks very good for what it is, um, and it's going to set you back between, it uh, looks like, 90 to $120. Um, but I'm sure it will sell well, because if you've been to any convention, you will have noticed there are a lot of Sailor Moon fans. Um, yeah, and there's a lot of Sailor Moon cosplayers, too. Yeah. It's, it's, really? a sh- it's a shame Scott's birthday just went past this week, so this hasn't come out in time, so it's a bummer. Christmas? We could all save up and get him one for Christmas. We could. Good. Oh, no, it's actually not released until April next year. Bummer. Yeah, we'll get his birthday next year then. Yeah, or Easter. His Easter oh, yeah. moon stick. That's a thing, isn't it? I, I think that works. Think that <laughs> it should works. be. If, if it's not a thing, it should be. Yeah, we should make it a thing. <laughs> Let's make it a thing right now. The okay. time on a tradition I, of the Easter moon stick. And I will I will start a collection on the forum. to. We could all get one for Scott. Rattle so he can tin. play. So he can play with his wand after Easter. <laughs> anyway, in um, properties that I am more familiar with, um, Hello Kitty. I have two children, and one of them was quite into Hello Kitty for a period of time. And um, Revoltek are um, coming to the party with a Hello Kitty toy at the end of this year. This is, it's, it's just a tiny thing. It's 60 millimeters. So, um, what's that? About two and a half inches. Yeah, about two and a half. And, um, it's, you know, it's, it's based on a very, you know, two dimensional cartoon character. Um, but they seem to have done a reasonable job. They, it's claiming there's 50 articulation points, even though there's only three joints. Huh? <laughs> uh, it comes with a couple 50. of, yeah, it's crazy. It comes with um, a swap-out head. Um, it's got a little stand. It's got a little um, easel and a pen for the easel and uh, uh, an apple. And, um, yeah, some of the pictures I've seen, it's got some 
really clever articulation with the um, the legs being able to move forward and, and things like that. I don't know exactly how they're going to squeeze 50 things in there, but... Yeah, I don't know either. I'd, um, so this would be in line with, so you got the, did you get the Nemo one, John? Yeah, I got the Nemo one. And, and, I, and I've got and the Sully one from Monsters, Inc. Um, so it would fit well in with that series. Uh, yeah, I'd, if I came across it for a decent price, I'd probably be tempted to get it for the, just to have around for the kids. They're really cool. Yeah, I, like, I like the fact that top. she can sit down, mm. but yeah. it kind of looks weird from, from the side. Yeah. Uh, when because of the, the articulation of the legs, I mean it's really clever, but I don't think if, if that it actually looks good when sitting down. Yeah, yeah. I've seen some other pictures where the sitting um, down part looked um, better than the one that we're looking at at the moment. But yeah, yeah. But if, if it's got a, if it's going to have the name Revoltech on it, it needs to be able to move. You know, I think I mentioned when I was doing the Iron Man um, figure review. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, that you know, Revoltech basically is about the the articulation, the joints that they use. Yeah, so you can't have the name without the articulation. Well, Hello Kitty uh-huh. is insanely popular, so mm-hmm. I mean, even over here, and uh, oh, it's cool. Yeah, I, I think this will sell as as well as any of their other um, uh, that they've been doing for the Pixar line. Oh, I'm sure, if not better. And, uh, yeah, I saw the, at the same time there was news about Hello Kitty and Simpsons, um, a bit of a merchandise partnership happening, so we're going to see a bit of a mashup of that flog, being flogged to within an inch of its life. I, I, I don't know if I like that idea. No, not for me, but somebody will buy it. Oh, that's right. That's our, our thing. It's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm sure somebody will buy it because there are, People who buy everything that's Hello Kitty, and there are people who buy everything that's Simpsons, so I'm pretty sure that they're going to sell well. We're just going to have a massive homogenization of pop culture soon, and everybody will like everything. Probably. <laughs> and there's, we'll there's, have, only, there's only going to be one product. That's right. It's we'll be. have Walking Walking Dead Hello Kitty yeah. um, Revoltech, right? Yeah, that's... Hey, trademark that one. I'm pretty sure it's going to be produced by Funko, too. <laughs> Speaking of Funko and other things that are perhaps not for John, um, the Funko Pop vinyl Glow in the Dark Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle set um, has been um, shown. And uh, these look just like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that we've already seen from Funko, but now they are Glow in the Dark and they come in a four-pack. And um, the other interesting thing about them is they're an Amazon exclusive. Now, hmm. that's interesting to me because being an Amazon exclusive, that means it's more likely to be attainable by somebody living not in America. Um, we might actually be able to get hold of them, then they can be pre-ordered on Amazon at the moment. Hmm. That's a reasonable price, $35 for the four-pack. That's that's actually better than what you would normally pay. Yeah, well, you'd like to think so as a four-pack. And it's cool having them as a four-pack, really. Yeah. I don't know what the glow-in-the-dark feature looks like. I don't think we've actually seen how that looks. Oh, that's what I was no. trying to figure out is what glows. Is it all the green? I have a feeling it might just be the um, the the sashes, the, you know, the the eyepiece. What do we call those, Tom? Yeah. Mask? Yeah, the mask. <laughs> Technical term. Well, are you I... asking me? Yeah, you know yeah. the turtles. Yeah, but, but English is my second language. Um, okay, what is it? 
in any language. Really? No. And and you still speak it better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. It's probably ju- the the um, the mask. Or maybe the teeth. Oh, the teeth. That would be a bit lame. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Michelangelo kind of get screwed on that deal. Yep. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure. But the the color of the of the mask is, is like weird, uh, at least in the picture. So I guess that's the yeah, that's the part. Of it. Yeah, maybe it's just the the picture is not the best quality, but uh, I think it might be that. It might also be the whole head. It's hard to know. That'd be kind of cool. We, I think we we have to ask Reese. No, somebody had to write mm. him and, and ask him. He I might know. We'll have to do that. He might know. He might know. Mm. That's pretty cool though. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Eli, for that. And uh, Tom, you've got some news coming up, so why don't you drop some drop some knowledge on us? I do. I we have a, like a 1966 classic Batman bust from Diamond Select, and it's um, well, it's Adam West, or at least a bust that looks like Adam West, um, and from the waist up, and then you have a vase that looks really crappy. Um, but actually, I think that's the, the whole point, because it looks like the opening of the 1966 show. Um, so I guess that's what they tried to do there. And, I mean, it looks it looks nice. They, they, they captured the, the likeness pretty well. I think this and is. Um, I think this is what uh, Jean Saint Jean, who we interviewed a couple of episodes ago, um, had just been on the verge of a, you know, uh, revealing that he'd been working on. So I think this is one of his. Hmm. Oh, but, but it's nice. The, um, it looks like uh, it's nicely sculpted. The the fabric of the of the bat suit is nicely sculpted, and the, especially the gloves are are great. Mm. And the the cow where the cape and the cow meet that looks really nice. Yeah, yeah. It, it's incredible with the. You know, go on, John. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I was going to say that it's incredible how like a couple of years ago there was like virtually no merchandise for the classic Batman show, and now it's everywhere. Mm. That's what I don't understand though, because they didn't make a push to get it back out there. The show itself. You know, if there had been a, and and I think that's why some of this stuff just hasn't went over as big because there's no show being shown to support it. You know, if they'd had a push with say, uh, uh, Nickelodeon, Nick at Night, you know, hey, every night at eight o'clock yeah. we're gonna show, you know, Batman for a month or something. Yeah, you know, or if it, they wanted if, to get the even more junior market, putting it on at five o'clock in the afternoon or something. Yeah, that's how I used or, to watch it. Or a big DVD yeah, I mean, release. Mm. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's it hasn't been released, right? No. There's no like the overlooring no, of the show. They still haven't been able to announce that happening. No, I think you can only get the movie, right? That's 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 been released. I the, so, yeah. the, yeah. the Batman movie. Yeah, it is, um, a, it is a shame I, that there isn't the marketing push behind it, and the the Mattel um, six inch figure line being basically cancelled before they even hit the shelves was a weird one, but. There's no promotion yeah. behind it, so don't know what's going on with that. Well, yeah, it, it's still it's still on the air in, in Argentina, the the Batman TV show. Really? Yeah, in in cable, there this this uh, channel that actually still shows uh, Batman. 
because it was like a huge hit here. So a lot of nostalgic people want to see it. And there's like a channel that that shows old stuff, and they they have it, and they have it on the air. Mm. I don't know. Yep. Looks nice. Yeah, We're going to see more of it, but um, maybe not how we want it. Well, I hope we see more of it, but, you know, it's hard to say. Mm. I have another news that's from Dark Horse, and is Game of Thrones figurines. Um, these are, like, well, at least I think it's, like, wave one of some Game of Thrones figurines. You have three characters. It's Ned Stark, Khal Drogo, and Tyrion Lannister. And... They retail for twenty four ninety nine, and they're scheduled to be released on April two thousand fourteen. And I hope they revisit the sculpts because they look awful. I think absolutely. Yeah, I think the costume details are all good. It's probably the the facial details are maybe a little bit lacking. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. I don't know. Aish. I, Drogo looks the best out of all of them, probably. Except yeah. I don't remember that weird blue thing on his shoulders, that paint. I th- I think he, he had something like that, but I don't think it was that bright. Um, but Ned Stark doesn't look right. And well, he looks like he, he ate Ned Stark uh, in the face. I mean, that face doesn't look... <laughs> No, it just looks like he's got a few too many pounds on him. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if this is because they they didn't get the rights for the likeness, or so they're like kind of doing it. Uh, like he has to look kind of like Nate Stark, uh, kind kind of like the actor. Or, but I, I don't know. They they just seem off to me. So these are so they're sort of six seven inch scale figures. But with no articulation. That's what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. $25 dollars for a staction. Yeah, I I don't see this happening. I mean people will probably snap them up because they want them and there's nothing else out there, but whew. Except for the Drogo. Drogo looks okay. Actually yeah, the Med Stark looks better as best one as a staction, but not for me. Yeah. Yeah, not, not for me either. And Just I got more statues. Uh, in the news department that I got uh, who did this? This is Gaming Heads announced uh, Plants vs. Zombies statues and they have like zombie and a pea shooter statue announced um, I don't know uh, I, I think I, I, this kind of thing always amazed me because I, I played the game and it's really fun, uh, but does it really deserve all this merchandise? Because you have uh, action figures and vinyl toys and plush and now statues based on this game. And it's it's always something that um, really... Uh, I, I think it's, it's really weird how some game that has like a concept that you might have seen a million times because the concept of the game is basically defend the fort and I've seen it with zombies and ghosts and monsters and I don't know um, and army guys and soldiers uh, but 
um, this one had like a huge success. Um, mm. It's kind of like Angry Birds, you know, like the, the game was like one of the thousands of games that had like the same idea of the uh, how the game was played. But now that you have like a ton of merchandise because of the success of the game, um, I don't know. I, I guess there are people buying this. Yeah, this is no no um, small sort of toe in the water. These are these are big statues as well. The the zombie is apparently like thirteen inches tall, and the pea shooter thing is nine inches. So they're they're not just little tiny things to have on your desk. They're proper display shelf type of pieces. Yeah, and they're these going to be look, limited. To, oh, sorry, John. These, these will look good with like if you had some Mario statues, mm. you know, or or something from the Nintendo universe. I think. Mm. Yeah, if they're properly in scale, they, they, they can they would look good, I think. They're going to be limited to 750 units, um, so I guess they're going to be kind of expensive too. Yeah, I'm guessing they probably will. Mm. Well, that's probably about yeah. the right size for that kind of thing. I, that should work out. Mm. I think that'll be good. Well, I don't know about about the pea shooter, but um, if the, the zombie does look nice to have um, like a, if you have a display of um, zombies or mm. yeah well and it's it's a cute zombie it's not you know it's not like um, screwdriver in the eye zombie from the walking dead <laughs> no so, so this is the kind nice. of zombie that my wife would let me have uh, in our house yeah so if it's affordable enough maybe I'll get it <laughs> you'll have to keep an eye out and speaking of uh, statues and keeping an eye out, um, we're seeing our first statue from Captain America, the Winter Soldier. And it happens to be the Black Widow. Mm. And um, it looks like she's pretty much in an espionage outfit, kind of almost toned down from her previous uh, incarnation. You know, she doesn't have the the quite the, the cleavage showing in this, and she has a fairly substantial uh, machine gun with a silencer. It might be a sniper rifle, I'm not sure. Um, and a holstered pistol, so she's well-armed and, you know, she's kind of got the, the black bodysuit thing going on. So, uh... This thing's massive as well. Yeah, this one is, what, 18 inches? Yeah. Yeah, and she's got her leg up on some, like, clear blocks. I wonder if that's just until they get something else sculpted to put her on, or if that's actually how that statue's gonna be. Yeah, that would be a um, weird, but... I would imagine this is subject to change a little bit because it's not coming out until third quarter of 2014. Mm. So um, we may see some changes in her. Her hair is a bit odd, the way they've got it shown here. It looks kind of like red and black stripes, but um, it looks like she got a new do as well. Uh, a little more of a mm. straight kind of haircut. Yeah, I, I think yeah the hair the hair is the, the one thing that stands out, but... I, I do think that the the likeness for Scarlett Johansson is pretty good on this. I mean, it's only a you know a preview image. I'm not even sure if it's a prototype. It's probably just a 3D rendering. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's a beautiful looking piece. Everything that says Black Widow at the moment. It yeah. says here uh, this was a scanned one, so okay, that might be why it kind of turned out as well as it did. Maybe that works better at that scale. Wonder if she'll turn up on Agents of Shield, and we'll see a Agents of Shield version of this as well. Mm, I doubt we'll we see Scarlett Johansson on that show. 
Well, you never know. Depends on what her contract is. <laughs> yeah, if, if I agree with that. If she's filming the movie, they may just get her while she's in costume to go, hey, come do this, you know, cameo scene. Mm. We can hope. Well, they, they already had one cameo, so... Well, They've had two. I, I'm guessing they had two? Really? Yeah. So, so, Maybe had... so, spoiler alert, but um, I've only watched the first episode, but uh, go ahead. Who else has been on? Um, Samuel Jackson. Hmm. Yeah, that's one. And his... Yeah, and Maria Hill was in the first one. Oh, yeah. oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about her. Um, yeah. yeah, but she's like a TV actress, so that's, I oh, think, hey. that's why. Hey, <laughs> hey, steady. <laughs> she, she's just a TV actress. Uh, I'm sorry. All you, angry hate mail, too. Uh, yeah. Well, I, actually, that's um, that's because I, I do work on TV. So, um, I, as I, I mentioned before, I'm, I'm a screenwriter. And we do make those distinctions when we're doing casting calls mm. um really? yeah because um like uh kobe smolders who is um maria hill uh she is uh, actually it was weird for a uh, right now because she's like a, a big star in in tv so she it was weird for her to be on uh, on the movie uh, like uh, avengers and I'm guessing that from the um, cameo uh, a point of view of the producers, uh, maybe they actually, I'm, I'm pretty sure they paid her less, uh, but also the, the, she doesn't count the same as the other characters, probably, if uh, Bruce Banner would appear or, or Tony Stark or whatever. Um, but yeah, we, we we do make that difference uh, when when we actually try to get something to do, like uh, speaking parts in the show. Well, that's just here. I don't know how that works uh, in the U.S., but here it works that way. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I was thinking too that I, I'm sure the, that the base in the Black Widow to get back on track uh, <laughs> I'm sure that's not the final base but maybe they aim to do like ice cubes uh, or ice blocks uh, or something like that yeah I'm guessing that's just not the final base she'll be yeah, probably standing on something but agreed not sure cool. and, and speaking of standing our good friends over at Funko um, have revealed some Hobbit pop vinyl and I don't think we saw these for the first film, did we? Maybe we did. Um, but this time we got a, a new lineup. We've got uh, Thorin and Gandalf. Um, who's the goblin? Azog and Legolas. And kind of an interesting one is uh, Bilbo in his uh, invisible form. <laughs> and looks like he's maybe cast in translucent material. And I don't know if we've ever yeah. seen a translucent pop vinyl before mm. to my knowledge i mean there's probably been one but you know i don't have them all and i haven't kept up with them all because there's so many of them but that one's kind of stands out to me yeah yeah didn't they do a, like a, an invisible woman for fantastic four or something like that for the marvel license i am not sure i'm not sure like, either i like the gandalf he's the one i like Normally I look at these and there's like three or four of them out of the whole group I like, but this one I think the Gandalf's my favorite and it's about the only one I really like. 
Although he doesn't have his hat. If he had his hat. He could be a stand-in for Moses or something. (laughs) (laughs) That's the next line. Yeah. 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 Funko Mm. biblical characters. You know, that wouldn't surprise me, actually. I'm sure it'd sell well. I'm sure it would. And speaking of something that you won't find in the Bible. Something um, less wholesome? Yes, less wholesome. That's a good way to say it. Uh, A while back we had talked about the honey trap statue of the, I think she was a diver, but I can't remember what her name was. And they've revealed a new one. This is from General Giant, uh, the Derby statue. I wasn't sure what this was until I clicked on it. And she is a girl. Yes, she's a a roller. She is a girl. Yeah. She's apparently a roller derby. A roller derby commando, maybe? Um, yeah. That, that's about the best way to say it. Uh, a very scantily clad roller derby commando. She's got the uh, a vest on and a pair of like very short shorts and a bikini top. But I think she's, she's got, got all the weaponry because she's not really the typical roller derby type of build, is she? She's a bit, she's a bit skinny for roller derby. She needs all that well, extra gear. You know, if she was the the one that was skating ahead of all of them, she might be okay. Hmm. Actually, I, I know a like... couple of girls. I know a couple of girls that that do roller derby, and they might be like a little offended with with this piece, <laughs> <laughs> but mainly because of the shield, because um, like they would say, we don't need no shields. We don't need no stinking shields, something like that. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> it's, it's a cool looking shield though, because it's it's like a riot yeah. police riot shield. If uh, if you haven't seen the pictures, so um, yeah, yeah, I could see people being offended. But so, um, what pop culture you know property is this from? I don't think that I think it's just a statue line they're doing. This and is... then she has climbing equipment on her too, and I don't understand. <laughs> climbing in roller skates. Yeah, because she's got rope, and it looks like a climbing axe and carabiners, and yeah, I don't know. But then yeah, she's got like the roller a, pads on. It sold like it sold like a one woman riot squad. Yeah, In I wouldn't mess with her. Yeah, and then the the writing on the shield looks like it's in Japanese, maybe. Yep, looks like it. Yeah, I don't know what it says. So if somebody could find out what it says and get back to us, we'd appreciate it. <laughs> anyway. um... This is up for uh, Q3 2014 release, and just like the other one, it is going to be $600, and it's coming in about the same height at about 18 inches. So uh, if you're into roller derby or roller derby commandos, we got the statue for you finally. Or riots. Or rioting roller derby mountain climbers. I don't know. I'm I'm out. I'm done. I don't know. Well, I think for 18-inch statues that come out in quarter three, 2014, um, I don't know how much uh, Black Widow costs, but, you know, take your pick. Black Widow or a Honey Trap Derby statue. They're both well-armed. I don't know which which way to go with that. Hmm. Yeah. Well, anyway, we will will move on from that, and uh, we'll wrap up the news for this week because we got a lot more stuff to get to, and we'll come back with a new edition of Name That. Of the class. My name For one is second. 
Well, it's time for everybody's favorite podcast game, Name That. Um, every week I come on, I talk about uh, action figure sound, and the aim of the game is to guess where it's from. And we will start right off by playing a clip of last week's sound. Put that in here, please. Backpacks and gas masks are safe. That means he's hiding in the escape hatch. You knew where I was. So, gentlemen, any any guesses on what last week's sound was? We'll we'll start with Tom because I I know he's got a guess. Yeah, I do actually, but um, uh, I I just want to say uh, I didn't listen to last week's episode. That's wrong. Uh, I should be. Uh, uh, up to date, but I'm going to guess anyway because that's how I roll. Uh, so, was it mask? Oh no, it wasn't mask. Oh. Right era oh. though. Right era. Good job. Thank you. What about you, Eli? Any guesses? Mm, centurions. Ooh, it was not centurions. It was actually a Star Wars commercial, a vintage one, which I've been kind of not wanting to use because their music's kind of, you know, particular to them. But it was for the Rebel Commander, who was the guy on Hoth with the mustache, Mm -hmm. and the TIE Fighter pilot, as well as the Rebel Transport. So kind of an oddity in the Star Wars world, because I didn't really own that transport. And I don't know kids clamoring out to get it either. But uh, yeah, so that's, that's what that one was from. Okay. Yeah, so kind of a vintage one for you and well after that we'll we'll have to play a new one here because you know next week we'll we'll do some more guessing and and see who comes close so we'll put that new sound in right here and one more time because once is never enough As always, if you guys have guesses, you know what you do? You come on over to afbforum.com and find the name that thread and leave a guess. If you get the guess, you get a forum point. And sometimes you get a forum point even if you're close. So if that's the case, you take your forum points and you take them to your local coffee shop and you say, look, I've got forum points, and they give you free coffee. I've heard that (laughs) works. I really have no idea. I'm going to keep saying it. Um, so yeah, somebody give me until, until someone tries. Uh, right? I, I had to, being as it's Sunday morning and we were out of coffee, uh, my wife and I had to go for a quick stroll up to the local cafe to get coffee. And um, I said, we'll have two long blacks to take away and um, I'll use my forum points for that. And they just told me it's $3 each, thanks. Oh, uh, uh, wow. Huh. We'll have to talk to corporate about that and see if they can they can work that out. Though. Yeah, that'd be good. Hey, hey, John, can, can I tell you something that hmm. uh, when you, um, you know, when you, when you bleeped the, the name of the, um, this is somebody, I don't know if somebody else has this, this issue, but every time you, you kind of bleep the name of the, um, of the character or the, the line, I, I imagine the, the, the character saying like, like the most, like the worst things. <laughs> <laughs> So like oh. I don't know in, in uh, I don't know in some other episodes say hey, uh, stop right there Reaper uh, no way shit face something like that <laughs> <laughs> because 
that's why I imagine him saying. Uh, so actually, um, I, I laugh a lot during the the name that segment. Oh, uh, yeah. You, you don't know what you've just asked for. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. This is John's new project. Yeah, I'm gonna do one with as many bleeps as I can find in it. <laughs> just just for you. Oh, thank you. Oh, no problem. That, that's funny. I, I've never had anybody say that, so um, that makes my day. <laughs> that absolutely makes my day. And, uh, well, after that, I, I've got to take a quick break here, and we will come back with uh, Toy of the Week. Armor up, Iron Man. Engage interlock mechanics. Armor up, War Machine. That's critical B. Attach from battle computer module. My brain blast will make scrap not in this lifetime, Morak! With my rings, I rule the land and sea! Just undersea dome! I'm here to make waves, Mandarin! Iron Man, War Machine, Hydro Armor, Iron Man, and action figures, each sold separately. Well, now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. Every episode, we take turns looking at one toy or collectible in detail, and this time we're going to stretch that out a little bit and look at a whole line. Um, and it's not a new release. It's just one of those more, um, I'm going to say it falls in the bizarre items collect in some of our collections. And this is probably something new to a lot of us because I think this might be specific to Argentina. Is that right, Tom? Yeah, it is. But okay. it's become more popular over the Masters of the Universe collectors out there. Well, tell us about your toy of the week. Well, uh, it's the, um, what you call it? T-Force, that's the, the name in English. The, the name in Spanish is Fuerza T. And it's a toy line that came out in 2003. And it, it used the, um, the molds from Masters of the Universe, um, from the vintage line of Masters of the Universe, to make a new toy line. I've often heard the people calling these bootlegs, but they are not bootlegs. That's something I, I wanted to, to correct here because they actually used the original molds uh, from Mattel when they franchised the, the line. Um, so a, a little bit of backstory here. Uh, Mattel, um, the, why Masters of the Universe was so, uh, so big globally it was because Mattel actually sold the rights uh, of the franchise of the toys to uh, local toy companies all around the world and the Argentinian company that did it was a company called Top Toys and they did a great work uh, in in the 80s and they were incredibly successful uh, in the 80s and they actually get, uh, they actually got the, um, the molds, uh, from Mattel directly. In 2003, when they found, found out that Mattel was going to release, um, a new He-Man series with a new Masters of the Universe toy line, they, at least that's what somebody in the toy business here in Argentina told me, they, they called Mattel and asked to re-release Masters of the Universe, the vintage line, that they still had the molds. Uh, so they they wanted to re-release the line here uh, because that was probably the greatest success of the company had ever had. 
So Mattel allegedly told them, um, fuck off. <laughs> the, <laughs> the world is much smaller now and we're going to produce the toys and distribute them globally and we're going to the, the line is going to be a completely new line and we're going to keep uh, keep all the money that, because that's how Mattel thinks um, <laughs> at least for me uh, the line well you know the 2003 uh, He-Man line didn't, wasn't the, the greatest success ever but um, uh, Top Toys here um, basically, what what the, they did was say "screw you," and they released the line using the original molds. But uh, what they did was change some uh, parts uh, and the original characters using those molds. So that's Fuerza T. I don't know what the I don't know what the name means. Um, it's T Force. I don't know what the T stands for, but. Um, Probably Top Toys, now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> it's the Top Toys Force. Yeah. Um, so it was eight characters total. Um, eight, uh, four good guys and four bad guys. And the um, the packaging is, um, it's like a blister card. It's uh, in, in some aspects really crappy. Because like the plastic in the blister is so brittle that actually in time it breaks uh, and tears open and just so it's eco-friendly. Well, it's biodegradable. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> just what, really just what a toy collector wants: eco-friendly packaging. Exactly. But on the other hand, the uh, the art in the cards is great. I don't know. Uh, who did the the art? But I'm actually tracking down the the artist because it's basically an, an anonymous artist that probably Top Toys hired and paid them nothing uh, to do these drawings of these characters. And I'm actually tracking them down to see if I can get some original art um, of the one that the, of the art that's on the blisters. Mm. Uh, because it, it looks really great. So the packaging is crappy on one hand and very cool on the other. And so a, I've been doing a, a, a little bit of research of what parts and pieces of each, what character was used to build um, each of the new characters. Because I don't think Top Toys was thinking about this, but uh, that's actually something Mattel used to do and still does. That's reuse parts to create new characters. So actually, that's pretty in canon with um, with the original Masters of the Universe line. So I'm going to to do a little recap of the characters and tell you a little bit about the bio of these characters while and I'm talking about them. So first you have like the leader of the good guys. It's called Platino. That's platinum. And is basically a He-Man head with green hair. And probably the only thing that's originally sculpted, um, from, uh, in, you know, in all the line that's, they sculpted a green goatee in He-Man's head. Hmm. So it's, uh, the, it's Fisto's body. So he has the, um, the the iron hand, Jitsu's chest plate, and He-Man's battle axe. So that's how you form like this new character. Uh, also, this 
um, these characters are set. Um, uh, it's not Eternia or whatever. It, everything happens here on Earth, and this guy is Norwegian. I don't know why they did like they tried to do like an international um, strike force or something, and there are no Argentinian characters, for example. Uh, so this guy is a 32-year-old Norwegian guy for some reason. Um, and then you hair. have with green hair, right? Because, well, as far as we know, um, it was 2003, uh, and all Norwegian guys had green hair. Mm. Why not? Um, then you have uh, a character called Shidoshi, who's from Japan, and it's Jitsu's body with Fisto's chet blade and sword. And that's fairly easy. Um, then we have a character called Titano. That's Fisto's head in Manatarm's body with Manatarm's chest plate and mace. And probably the only, um, original accessory in the whole line that I don't know where they got it from, but he has like a, a disc, like some sort of metal frisbee thing. Is, is it that, or is it a shield? No, no, it's a disc because um, the character actually is Greek. So when the um, probably when the when the creators of Fuerza T uh, decided to to throw something at these characters, uh, he said, "Well, Greeks they had the Olympics and they throw discs, so let's mm. give him that." It's the the uh, disc of power, con disco de power, poder. Uh, poder, yeah, power, mm. disc of power. Um, that's what he has, and that's the that's the only part I think I I don't ever remember seeing anything like that in the vintage Masters of the Universe line. So, um, this is um the 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 only original weapon or accessory in this line, and then we have Techno. That's the the only American, or at least we we think it's American. Um character in this uh, in this line it's basically trap joe's body with sodak's head and uh, some other characters legs i think it's many faces but i'm not sure um uh, one thing about this all these characters is that they all have pants they they have some of the some legs of of some characters and they all have like brown legs because they're all wearing pants that is well it's a bit of an upgrade um, from the furry underwear in Masters of the Universe, um, at least for me. Um, what else? And then you have the bad guys. And because um, you can say a lot of things, a lot of bad things about Top Toys, and you can say that they well, they don't care about international copyright or stuff like that, but you cannot say that they're not overachievers because... They decided to do when they had to do like four bad guys, but they actually did two separate factions of bad guys that are fighting against each other at the same time that they're fighting against the good guys. <laughs> so they, they tried to do like um, the, the evil warriors of Skeletor and the Horde and only with four characters. So that, that's pretty impressive. Uh, the first. Well, sorry. I was just going to say the funny thing is, is reading the um, the power features on the front of the packaging. It seemed like they um, so you had the um, with Platino and um, Shidoshi. Um, they had um, 
the gloves. Is it the glove? Golpe? Is that a glove? No, golpe is a punch. The punch, right, the punch. And so Shidoshi and Platino had the uh, special punch, but everybody, aside from the disc of power, everybody had special eyes. Is it Brilla? Yeah, that's um, that's the, because uh, all of the characters. I think the eight of them has they they all have some part of the of their body that it was painted with glow in the dark paint. Yeah, okay. So most of them so, was the eyes. Uh, most of them had uh, glow in the dark eyes or glow in the dark teeth or something like that. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yes, um, the bad guys have. Um, Two factions. The first one is called Scorpius, and the leader of Scorpius is called Destructor. And it's basically Clawful's head and chest plate in Stratos' body with Skeletor's staff painted red. Oh man, I and never would have guessed that was Clawful's head. It is Clawful's head. It. The, the, it's Clawful's it head now, painted blue. Oh man, that's crazy. Yeah, it, it looks is. good. Looks good. Yeah, it does. Um, the next character is called Pantano, that means swamp, and it's basically a brown beast man, uh, that's beastman head and body, with merman's chest plate and sword, and that's like the second in command uh, for Scorpius. And then you have another faction of bad guys that's called Arachnos. And I think it's called that because the main bad guy has Webster's head, that's like the the spider character in in Masters of the Universe, and it's Webster's head again with Stratos' body. I think that's because Stratos is like really hairy, and so they thought that it would look cool to have like bad guys with hairy bodies. I think uh, so. It's Webster's head with Stratos' body, uh, Stratos' jetpack, and here's where they failed a little bit. It's Clawful's mace but they painted bright pink. So nothing says leader of a faction of bad guys than a pink weapon. Uh, I don't know what you guys think about it. And the last character is called Felinor. And I think um, I actually have to, to recognize that Top Doys actually did go all the way um, in to try to make this character sound as much as Masters of the Universe as they could because Felinor or Carnivore or something like that is kind of what a mutant cat creature would sound in if done in Masters of the Universe. Um, so Felinor is Merman's body and head with Skeletor's sword and chest plate. Uh, so well, basically, those those are the eight characters, and um, they all have bios, and they all they all have like places of birth and age stuff like that. And there are a couple of bios translated online, but I didn't care much for the translation, so I translated one just so, to to tell you guys how this this sounds, uh, these bios for these characters. And I chose Felinor's bio to, to read. Um, it goes something like this. Felinor is a mutant feline. He's dangerous, voracious, and he sucks blood. He helps his leader with loyalty. He can see far away, and he stalks his victims from afar. 
in order to bite them with his fangs and suck all of their blood. His feline eyes allow him to see in the dark. That's the glow-in-the-dark feature. And basically, that's the bio. And since most people collecting these nowadays are... They speak English because these are considered uh, variants from Masters of the Universe. Uh, so they sell pretty well on eBay. Um, they don't care about something because uh, this line was clearly done... Um, in a rush to beat the new Masters of the Universe line that was coming from Mattel. Um, so all the bios have like spelling mistakes. And if you only speak English, you, you're not going to, and they're really poorly written. And if you're <laughs> only speaking English, you're not going to notice this. But for me, seeing the back of the card and and seeing all these mistakes and and repetitions of of words that they're really just bad um it's it's really funny um so well that's the fuerza te line for you I, I have to say if you're a masters of the universe collector and you haven't seen these you really need to track down some of these pictures and maybe pick some of these up because they look they look just like Masters of the Universe figures to me. I mean, that's because if, they are Masters of the Universe. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, they, because they use the original molds. So. Yeah, but uh, I mean, they the characters look like they should be, you know, Masters characters. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, and, and, and uh, there was cool. one. Yeah, they're really cool. And there was one customizer that actually did all this in the Masters of the Universe classics buck, and they looked oh, wow. amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'm just having a look at those. Um, they uh, they look really cool. And yeah, actually, are, are... <laughs> sorry, Go ahead. what? That's okay. These are not. No, actually, funny. I I think that actually Maddie should try to release this as some uh, convention exclusive or something. Well, there's a whole year because... of subscriptions in this. Yeah, that's that's oh, yeah. maybe for 2016 you're going to get all sorts of characters. Yeah, that's right. We're, we're milking <laughs> it, but this is good. Wait for it. Well, they'd already have all the pieces. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah it's funny looking at the um the pictures of that that guy has done the the customs and you know the parts that he's used. You know, made using parts of Trapdoor, Zodak, and things like that. Like the being reasonable, reasonably truthful to the to the originals. Yeah, because you have like the the, the recipe for doing them. It's mm. it's pretty clear. And I don't know if I I well if I had to to give like a dolly rating for for these characters for this line, I'd say being like eighties figures um, released in two thousand and three. Uh, it's probably like a, a six. I, I wouldn't give more than, than six. But <laughs> be, because <laughs> action figures had evolved a lot in those 20 years. But um, I, I, I actually want to, to split the, um, the points. And because as in, in sticking it to the man, uh, <laughs> this is a really punk line. <laughs> So in punk in punk points, I'm going to say um, uh, like a thousand. So it's got like a thousand punk points and six dollars. <laughs> that that works for me. And that's that. <laughs> I love these. Yeah, they're, they're so awesome. Yeah, 
Are they hard, to, are they hard to find now? And now, yes, because um, there was a time when when actually you you could buy them for for nothing. Um, but once the um, uh, foreign collectors uh, find found out about the the existence of this, um, they starting to track them down. They started to track them down in here in, in Argentina and Argentina sellers started to sell them uh, on eBay and you can get a uh, like $60 or maybe more depending on the how, how weird the character is yes I was having a, just having a quick look at eBay and I can see see them going for 100 and 150 uh, Australian oh. US dollars each at the moment wow. I can see a full line of eight yeah. figures somebody's selling for a thousand Wow. That's oh really? Yeah. Oh, start saving your money, folks. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, uh, actually, that that's what what I was trying to say. The the um, they're really hard to track down because they they sell for for a lot of money on eBay. So most collectors that know what these figures are are looking around trying to find them in order to sell them, and it really depends on how where the figures are because some of them pop um pop ups from from time to time like titano is easier to find and um i don't know um pantano that swamp it's easy to find too but um i have only seen one platinum uh, carded uh, since i started looking for these figures and that's actually the one I own. Mm, wow. <laughs> so yeah, there there are some of these characters. Obviously, so they were bigger sellers than than others, and a, those characters are really hard to find because I I don't imagine Top Toys did like a lot of this. So hmm. I don't know. But I, I last time I checked on eBay, they were like sixty bucks each. So. Um, wow, they actually, a bit then. Yeah, they did. Mm. Um, I I have a, a complete collection uh, of my own. You're practically yeah. rich then, Tom. You're just sitting on a gold mine. Yes, you are. I know. That's 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 my retirement fund. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Well, well, that's that's that. I I have to say thank you for for bringing these up and and talking about them because it's a really cool international thing that maybe some of us haven't seen before. I know I haven't, and um, you know I'm sure there's some Masters of the Universe collectors out there that probably haven't heard of them, and we'll be going to track them down right now and so, crying because they can't afford them. Yes, that <laughs> is true. Well, sorry well, for for to all of them <laughs> for bringing this up. Speaking of crying over things we've bought, we'll be right back with uh, Feeding the Addiction. Open the jaw, Grace. The powers of evil control Castle Grayskull. Oh, yeah, Dad, what? Ram-Man power. I'll get us inside, He-Man. Ram-Man, He-Man, and Castle Grayskull, each sold separately. You have to put the castle together. Ram-Man, use your head. I just did. Not that way. We have a prisoner. Good. Who's the prisoner? You are, because we have the power. Oh, no. Ram-Man and He-Man from the Masters of the Universe collection, each sold separately. Castle Grayskull also sold separately from Mattel. We're all here because we like stuff and we like to acquire stuff. And um, so every time we're on the show, we kind of do a little thing where we take some time to check in with each other and say, oh, this is kind of the stuff we've got. And 
Um, Tom, I'm not going to ask you to say all the stuff you've got, but maybe you could just give us a few highlights. Okay, yeah, because it's it's been a while, but uh, well, uh, recently I got the, um, something that's called the Mouseketeer Army figure. It's from an artist called Bob Dub, and I I actually just left a link there for you to see uh, the pictures. Um, it, it's uh, like an art figure um, from uh, a lot of kids from from Disney World, like the Musketeers, and they they all uh, have like um, baseball bats or other kind of kind of weapons and. They, there are four figures total. Just the first one was just released. And I don't know. It just seems so weird that I, I liked the idea and, um, and had to buy it. It's six inches tall and it's limited to 250 pieces. Oh, they're not cheap, are they? No. No, they, no, it's not. But that's most, mostly with, um, art figures. And that kind of stuff, uh, you're used to pay uh, more because it's not like um, something you could buy at a retailer store, and certainly not something you could buy at Disney. Uh, so, did you get the uh, uh, picture of yourself as one of the Masketeers with yours? No, I didn't. But, uh, man, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe for the next one. Um, Very cool. The other stuff I got was, this is not that this week, but some time ago. Um, it's an artist called Brad Brother. Um, I'm friend, friends with him on Facebook. And what he does is he gets some old action figures and he cuts them and does really weird stuff with them. And he did like a little line called Preternia Pals. And that's basically um, Masters of the Universe heads on dinosaurs' bodies. Um, Makes sense. That look, that look really, really awesome. And I, I got like five of them. And he has like a wicked sense of humor. Uh, for example, um, well, there, there are two separate lines. One is Preternia Pals. I got four of them. And the other one is called Forest Fuckers. And... Forest Fuckers is basically Masters of the Universe heads on animal uh, bodies. And I just had to buy one because it was Stinkor's head in a bear's body with a rocket coming out of his ass. <laughs> it, <laughs> it was called Stinky Bear. I need <laughs> to post some pictures on the forum uh, for you to see. Uh, I don't know. This guy really makes some weird stuff that that I love. And just yesterday, yeah. a friend of mine gave me a Yoshi action figure from the Super Mario collection. And being the kind of friend that I that I am, I took a a, a re quick look at it and said I wanted a Donkey Kong. <laughs> And he just said, you're an idiot. And But that was that, because that's the cool thing about having geek friends, is that they get you. But the Yoshi kind of looks good, too. I don't <laughs> know, Yoshi, Donkey Kong? I'd probably want a Donkey Kong, too. Yeah, sure. Why not? The one with um, the tie or without the tie? No, with the tie. Yeah, yeah. That's the way to go. It looks yeah. much better with the tie. And that's it. 
that's it for me. Hmm. Hmm. Well, Eli, what what have you picked up? I haven't actually picked up anything um, since I was last on the show, but um, I've made a couple of um, pre-order inquiry type of things. So I think when I was on, I was talking about the um, Funko Batmobile exclusive that um, Toy Tokyo, Toy Tokyo Toys or something were putting out, but um, I've put an uh, order for the, the standard version of that because I think that just looks really cool, the um, Funko Batmobile. Um, and I've also put in a, an inquiry, a couple of inquiries for some more original apps. But um, yeah. I won't say what those are until they firm up, other than to say they might have something to do with everybody's favourite DC Universe um, married couple. Aquaman and Mira. No. Nobody oh. likes them. They're not even married. <laughs> well, they used to be. Aquaman and a seahorse. <laughs> Aquaman and Aqualad. Oh, oh dear. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Send all hate mail to Scott at. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, John? Well, I uh, last time I was on, I had picked up a couple of Lego figures and from Series Eleven, and I have done the same. I, I saw some more, and normally what I do is when I get a couple of them, I tuck the the little sheet that comes with them that tells you what they all are in my wallet, so I know when I'm feeling the bags what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do that this time, and it burned me. Okay. Did you get another? Yeah, cause did you get another Yeti? I'll have him. I didn't get another Yeti. I got another girl robot. Uh, they're cool. Yeah, she's cool. It's it's not it's not the end of the world. Army but, builders. Yeah, but now <laughs> I got two girl robots and one boy. Ro- well, then never mind. <laughs> Talk about that. I saw um, that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I, I don't know if the other figure I got would go with that movie because uh, the other one I got is actually cool. It's the Scarecrow, and he is uh, crazy because he's got painted arms. I've never seen a Lego figure with, with painted arms. He's actually got, like, patches and stuff on his arms. Um, I've seen the pants before, you know, the legs, but I've never seen the arms. So he's actually got paint, like, on almost every side of him, which is, is which is kind of crazy. It, it's cool, too, because... Um they did like a Batman Lego, and but you can use it like a scarecrow for Batman. Yeah, yeah. And I actually thought about that. I don't know. I also, because I, I don't I, think they ever do a, they, they, they were going to do a scarecrow. So why not? He may have been in the Arkham set, but I'm not sure. Or one of the Arkham big Arkham sets. I don't know. I also got a Pacific Rim on DVD. So that's the cool. I've watched part of it, but um, all the special features are on Blu-ray, and I still don't have a Blu-ray player, so I uh, I have not watched any of the special features to tell you how they are. Mm. I, I still need to see the movie, not because I didn't want to. It just didn't happen. I, I need to watch it on my bigger TV. I, I figured that out. I've been watching it on the smaller one, and I really need to go back and watch it on the bigger one with surround and everything. Yeah, probably that's the best. That's the best choice. Yeah, so if uh, nobody else has anything else to report, we will move on to our interview where Eli and Ben spoke to Jared Zajek from Golden Age Comic Figurines. Morphin Power Rangers, this is Zordon. It's morphing time. Evil space aliens are approaching your location. Combine your weapons. It's your only hope. Karate action, Power Rangers. Use your hand-to-hand fighting abilities. Block, chop, and kick. Protect the Earth from evil space aliens. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers from Bandai. Grab the power. 
Well, we're joined today by Jared Zajcek. Jared has a um, project that I'm very interested in and only recently discovered called the um, Golden Age Comics uh, Figurines. Uh, welcome, Jared. Hello. Great to be here. Um, thanks for uh, putting aside some time. So um, this is, um, like I said, I've, I, I was not really aware of this until I saw the, um, the pre-order images for the Phantoma figure, figurine that you've got coming out um, at the end of this year, early next year. Um, tell us a little bit about how the um, Golden Age Comics figurine collection came about. Well, it all started with a uh, Kickstarter last year to try to uh, get a uh, figurine of uh, Stardust the Super Wizard produced. Uh, that's a Fletcher Hanks character. Uh, it appeared in uh, a couple of collections by Fanagraphics. Uh, the first one's called I Shall Destroy All the Civilized Planets. <laughs> and then this is awesome. And then the second one uh, is You Shall Die by Your Own Evil Creation. <laughs> and uh, I want to give a shout out to the author, uh, Paul Karasik, I believe how you pronounce it, because he's helped me a lot in, in getting the word out about the figures. Um, and they're very odd, uh, unusual collections of strips. Uh, Fletcher Hanks was a sort of singular individual. He wrote, uh, drew, inked, uh, you know, these things. So they're, uh, if you believe in like auteur theory or whatever, they're, they're they're really the expression of one man with without a lot of editorial interference and they're mm. they're absurd they're surreal they're violent uh it's very unique and i imagine he can change the uh the origins and backgrounds at a whim yes uh you know he the the powers of the characters and such change uh you know to suit the story <laughs> i mean basically stardust is uh, virtually omnipotent yeah. and uh fan and phantom uh, probably the same way uh but uh, if you if you have a i mean he's been described as uh basil wolverton meets ed wood so <laughs> if your if your taste uh, runs that direction uh, i recommend you uh, check out those books and also uh, consider the figurines yeah i think that's why I, they stood out for me it's um i, I don't know if, odd, oddball is one word that comes to <laughs> mind but um they are really um distinct and and um something i think i'd uh, like to have the look of on my shelf it's definitely a conversation starter i think it is, it is. i'm curious about um were the fantagraphics collections the first exposure you you had to fletcher hanks i mean he's he's not exactly a, a giant of the of the golden age you know, like a joe simon so how did you first become aware of his work i think um you know, in the early 2000s, a lot of this golden age material started being scanned and put up on site. So I think I'd stumbled across him before and and uh, was interested. Um, and then these collections came out, or the first collection came out, and uh, for whatever reason, I had to pick it up. And, and I still find it mesmerizing. It's just, it's odd, you know. Um, <laughs> but, but anyway... Um, I guess I should get back to the Kickstarter. So I I, uh, I did the Kickstarter. Unfortunately, I didn't. I wasn't successful with it. Um, but the the basic uh, idea was to do an Eagle Moss scale uh, figure of of Stardust. Um, and my original one was going to be made of lead, uh, just like the Eagle Moss uh, collection. Um, but I ended up switching to poly resin, which is uh, I believe resin mixed with limestone dust. Which is very common for these types of statues. Yep. Yep. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, um, the Kickstarter. I, I don't regret doing it. 
uh, it was disappointing that it didn't kick, but I learned a lot from it. And I, I did realize there is an audience out there. I just had to make some uh, modifications and, and find alternate financing uh, to get it produced, which I ultimately did. And I got my first shipment, uh, I think, in late July. I was able to bring a few to Comic-Con. I'm here in San Diego uh, and, cool. and uh, sell some direct to my uh, supporters. So Fantastic. So the um, so I noticed the difference between what you were what you had modelled for the Kickstarter and what you ended up um, getting produced. Um, you changed the design slightly, so the pose of Stardust. Yeah. What led to that? I thought this. Yeah, the sculpt could be improved, and uh, so I tried to make it more dynamic, more like a quarterback. You know, <laughs> there is a panel that matches very closely this this pose. Though I have to point out one thing he's actually supposed to be in the in the comic he's floating in space uh but for production reasons i had him you know mounted on a base uh, standing mm. uh but but otherwise it's pretty darn close to hanks's vision i i got i think i got the proportions better because he's sort of a pinhead with a massive upper body mm. um, yeah 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 i really think so. the um the change the change in the design was was a winner and uh yeah and so you so you a question um because I guess Fletcher Hanks just changed it up to suit the story you've as a, uh, as a result of that you've you've made a lot of variants of well of Stardust and the upcoming Phantom as well how's that um being received well uh you know these golden age comics they had inconsistent coloring you know the mm. publishers were cranking these out and they weren't really thinking about uh like a brand or brand identity or whatever. Um, and, uh, so there's a lot of, of variations and I thought it would be cool to, uh, to add, you know, some variety to the production run. Mm. And, uh, each of these color variants are, you know, they have their own label and, uh, individual serial number, uh, so that enhances the uh, collectability. Um, and it's, it's going pretty well. Uh, there was a red boots variant that's completely sold out. Uh, the yellow boots variants about half sold out, and then uh, still have quite a few of the the regular uh, gray boots variant. I'm yet to choose which of the um, whether I go the gray or the yellow, but you, I think I should probably go the yellow. <laughs> yes. Well, if just from a, a speculative uh, standpoint, I guess, yeah. <laughs> and it's interesting because you only have to do a, a quick image search for for Stardust, and you can get some great um, Golden Age pages, and and you can see those variations. You can see almost from page to page that the the feet change color. Mm. Right. There's even a, I think a an incorrect panel where he has uh, flesh colored feet. You know, the same color as his skin. <laughs> Uh, but I, I didn't think that had much marketability, so no, no. didn't do it. Paint that yourself if you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the Phantom of Variants, they're, they're really cool. I'm, I'm having, uh, I'm finding it hard to choose which of those I'm going to take when they, um, when they, when they're being produced. Well, uh, right now the most popular is the white skull, red skirt, and then uh, the blue is the second most, and then the way, way in the back is the yellow skull, hmm. which I sort of added at the last minute because it's actually right on the cover of the book, uh, You Shall Die by Your Own Evil Creation. It's, she actually has like a yellow skull. Hmm. So it's, it's, not, it's not that attractive, but I just threw it in there as an option. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I can't say she she's overly attractive, but you know she's striking. <laughs> one, one guy said I had a girlfriend that looked like that once. <laughs> it's a, it's a really unfortunate side effect for for being super powered, isn't it? You you can be this sort of Egyptian goddess with these awesome powers, but unfortunately, the side effect is you look like a skull while you're doing it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you've um you've got um the next one in line, the Black Terror. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of interest in that, and that one uh, is a little different. I, I wanted to experiment and have uh, two characters locked in combat because I thought it made a more dramatic piece, and that's based on a cover from uh, Exciting Comics, I think number forty-five, by Alex Schomburg, who's sort of a legend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and I, I I have a I like those old vintage robots, you know, kind of clunky looking. And uh, so I, I had a lot of fun uh, modeling him. And uh, I added some some details on the back of his, uh, I guess it's a receiver that's on his back. So I, I looked up uh, old World War II uh, type receivers to see what sort of uh, gizmos I could put on that were realistic. So I, that thing's actually packed with detail, that little robot. Yeah, it's a beautiful uh, looking piece. It is. Yeah. And how, how tall are these again? They're like less than they're, four they're, inches? Uh, that's right. They're Eagle Moss scale. Uh, I thought uh, I love I love that collection, uh, the the Marvel and the DC one, mm. uh, and I, I like the scale because um, you know they're pretty affordable. Uh, you could potentially get a lot of characters and you know fit them on a small shelf. Um, I think I have about two thirds of the Marvel and and maybe half of the the DC and wow. you know I don't get I don't I get, I don't get tired of looking at them. I think they're just awesome, and mm. I think it would be cool if I could do something similar with uh, the golden age. There's a lot of colorful characters. Uh, so yeah, very excited to um, see see what's coming down the down the path. I see you've got some, is it Spacehawk? Yeah, I don't have any uh, renders of that right now. I'm, I've actually just been kind of swamped with the family stuff and uh, and then marketing uh, Fanoma, getting her ready, working with a factory. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're supposed to get uh, pictures of the uh, 3D prototype uh, early next week oh, or wow. Monday, Tuesday. So I'll put those up on Facebook. And um, tell us a bit about the the process. So you you do the 3D modeling for these guys, is that right? That's correct. And how's how's that work to get through to production? Well, let's see. I use Sculptress, which is a, a free uh, application, and then I use uh, Softimage XSI, which is a little obscure. It's it's kind of like Maya. Okay. Um, so I use those two uh, soft pieces of software to to create the characters, and uh, once uh, I've locked in the design, then uh, I go through a few steps to to make sure it's printable. Um, uh, these, uh, I don't know if you want to get into the nitty gritty of 3d printing, um, but, uh, they're, they're solid. They're not hollowed out, uh, cause the 3d printer I work with prefers that they're actually solid mm-hmm. and he charges, uh, not by volume like Shapeways does, but he charges by surface area. So okay. uh, whatever, but, uh, uh, so I, I send it off to Hong Kong. I'll, I'll, I can give you the name of the company. I, I don't mind promoting them. They're great. They're uh, ownage.com. Um, and they're, uh, just fantastic. They're, they're it's not inexpensive. Uh, it's definitely quite a bit more expensive than something like Shapeways, but the quality is much better and they actually sort of hand finish the print. So it's ready to be molded. So mm. the products you get, it's all cleaned up, primed, ready. 
you know, yeah, it's had real hands and, touch it. That's right. So there's, uh, um, from that standpoint, they can't be beat on price. Nobody else, uh, meets them. So, uh, they do exceptional work. They do a lot of the prototypes for like sideshow and, uh, I think, uh, Bowen, cool. uh, companies good. like that. Yeah, so, they are really good. And I, I've heard some, um, so aside, I think you had a, there was part of your production run for, for Stardust that you, that you had to bin, but, um, of, that was uh, unfortunate. Yeah. But I've heard the people who have actually received them in hand, uh, that, that weren't the, um, the bad ones are pretty happy with what they got. Yes. Uh, I've had some, uh, really positive comments and I'm, you know, I'm happy that people like them. Uh, I, you know, I did my very best and, uh, the fact, the factory I chose, uh, they did, I think, a very good job. The, especially on the the paintwork around the the face, the the eyes and the eyebrows, the, that sort of things. So that's very difficult to paint. Yeah. Um, very tiny, tiny details. We've noticed from some and, of the not so good eagle moss figures. Yes, yes. I would say the paint application is superior to a, a typical eagle moss run, definitely. From what I've seen, I'd have to agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I'm curious about was, um, the Black Terror is uh, a lot better known than, say, some of the Fletcher Hanks stuff, just because he's he's managed to sort of stay in print in one way or another, uh, and obviously particularly through Dynamite. Um, how do you actually go about choosing your characters? Do do you have a long list that that you've already, um, you know, sort of picked your top ten for the next characters, or do you just sort of rummage around through Golden Age stuff looking for public domain? Well, yeah, I probably should have gone with uh, Black Terror first. Uh, he would have sold uh, very well right off the bat, no doubt. Uh, but uh, oh, I had a fixation on Fletcher Hanks. I think that's why I did Stardust. Uh, and then uh, Phantom Ma was actually uh, my, my little girl. Uh, she was always pleading with me to, to make her because uh, <laughs> I would have <laughs> I would have the, the books open as reference, you know, and she'd wander in. And look at these really weird stories, and she was fascinated by the the skull face lady. So I, I think it's always wise to base your business decisions on you know what a four year old wants. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, if you put them out in retail, would the four year olds pick them out? That's the big question. <laughs> right, right. So, but then uh, and then uh, I did a survey for a while. I was usually using uh, Google Forms. I need to do another survey actually, but. Uh, doing surveys of potential customers and of course the black terror came came out on top uh so i'm i did him next and then uh i want one thing i want to emphasize uh i'd like for the collection to not just be superheroes but i'd like to touch on more science fiction and and horror because i find a lot of the the pre-code horror comics pretty fascinating maybe pick out uh, a, a famous cover and try to recreate it yeah that's so awesome. ah excellent idea mm. Um, so, um, you know, space Hawk is more sci-fi oriented. Uh, and then right now I'm trying, I'll probably have to do a survey and, and try to pick a, a horror subject that would, you know, appeal to uh, the customers, to the collectors out there. The, um, the detail down to the, the packaging for these. So you've, you've designed the, the box that the figure comes in as well. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Very cool details on that. I like that. It's got the bio and you're putting in examples of where they appeared in, in comic strips. Is that right? That's right. So you, uh, and uh, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Um, uh, yeah, I, I got one comment. Uh, why, why didn't I do the magazines like Eagle Moss? Mm. And uh, I was like, well, I'm just one guy at the moment. And, uh, that's a little beyond my capabilities. And I don't know about you guys, but 
as the collection progressed, I kind of had less interest in the magazines. I mean, it's a, there's an interesting story with those magazines. I, I'm, I was on a forum once and I said, can we make the figurines cheaper by getting rid of the magazines? This is in regards to Eagle Moss uh, mm -hmm. figures. And they said it's, it's a, for reason of VAT that when the when the figures are packaged with a magazine and, and put on a newsstand or whatever, they're taxed at a lower rate than if you just sold the figurines by themselves. And that's yeah. a UK thing. You're actually buying the this? magazine with a pack-in rather than the figure with a pack-in. Yeah. Is that the same in Australia? Uh, we do have a different tax rate on books, but it's not as significantly different as it would be in the UK. Okay. So my assumption was that really people are buying these for the figurines so you know I, I didn't do a magazine but I did put the the bio on the back you get a basic idea of the character yeah know. I think they're, they're really nice packages ones that you'd, you'd keep yeah I was actually looking at um, the that Batmobile collection that's going at the moment that um, mm -hmm. Eagle Moss are doing yeah I don't really care about the magazine I just want the Batmobile that's right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Cool. Do you know how how well that's doing? I I was kind of surprised I did that because didn't uh, Corgi do a bunch of Batmobiles not too long ago? Yeah, they did, and I was having a look at the prices of those. So they're a one to forty three scale, and that's right. Some of those are really going up in value a lot. I was looking at some of the ones I've just got in my son's box of Batmobiles, and there's they're going for like sixty and seventy dollars on on eBay. It's like, mm, wow! I can't tell my son to you know go and put them in plastic containers and don't touch them. But yeah, so I think the the Corgis were a really good run. Um, there's a couple I'd still like to get, mm -hmm. but it is interesting. I've seen. I've seen some just sitting around in uh, one comic shop I went to last week. They just had heaps and didn't look like they were selling many. But then my my main comic shop did, doesn't have any in stock. They just fly out. Hmm. Okay. Well, I was just curious. Yeah, it's it's not cheap to collect these things at that regularly. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Well, right now I'm probably be lucky if I do a quarterly release. So I don't think I'm straining people's wallets too bad. Uh, but. <laughs> We'll see. Yeah, well, at, well at, at that rate, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty safely uh, in. I reckon for the, the the figures that I can see coming. That's right. Right. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask, Jared, you you're actually very good in communicating with with your you know potential customers about uh, poses and versions and, and things like that. Um, you know, for someone like Space Hawk, do do you throw in the possibility um, of, of actually mimicking that car uh, cover? to target comics because um, I've, I've just been staring at that Space Hawk cover and it's odd seeing Basil Wolverton, you know, with a sci-fi, but, you know, right next to him he's fighting a, a very, very Basil Wolverton sort of monster alien thing. Are you, um, are you set just doing sort of the single figure or is the, the Black Terror versus the robot, that, that sort of diorama type thing, something that you'd entertain for future characters? Yeah, I, I want to see how that particular figure does before I do another uh, sort of uh, two figures on a single base thing. Um, I had one guy who was annoyed by it. He said, that's not like Eagle Moss and I'm not going to buy it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> see ya. Um, uh, but it, it, it was pretty well received. I, I guess it's a matter also of economics. Uh yeah, I'm trying to figure out, you know, when you when you do that, it's obviously going to be more expensive. I mean, that figure, I haven't got a quote yet from the factory on it, but it's probably going to tend more towards like thirty dollars. 
because uh, it's two fig it's two figures, uh, each with their own paint applications, and the robot's actually fairly complicated because it has some hoses. So that's going to have to be some of that might have to be made out of like armature wire or solder or something. I, I don't know what the best way to do that is, but uh, yeah, I want to see how how that's received, and if it's really well received, then uh, you know maybe I'll sculpt an alien for Space Hawk to be fighting. I love I love those monsters that, oh, that Wolverton does. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. As what I was gonna, I just realized about the um, the Eagle Moss Batmobiles is they have a little background um, diorama sort of thing inside the the plastic case, and I can oh. imagine doing that for something like this Space Hawk one with that um, that space background. Uh, that is cool. a that is a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> I have to consider that. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. And I think, you know, you mentioned that the, the Black Terror figure might come out at around $30, and I think that's actually extremely reasonable. I mean, that's well, that's the equivalent of a, a Masters of the Universe subscription figure, so <laughs> that's, uh, I think yeah. that's quite reasonable. So um, so what other sort of pop culture, uh, uh, you know, are you, do you collect um, other action figures, comics, that sort of stuff, Jared? What sort of inspired you to, to go down this path? Well... Um, I, you brought up Masters of the Universe. I did collect those for a while. Uh, I love the Four Horsemen, and uh, I'm 37 years old. So when I was a kid, uh, I collected those things, you know. So, uh, but I, I didn't get the most recent subscription. I had to cut back because actually a lot of my extra income is going into this project. So mm -hmm. you have to make your cuts here and there. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was collecting those, and then. Um, Let's see. I, you know, I like, uh, I, I like retro stuff, uh, vintage stuff. Um, uh, the Rocketeer, uh, the new series, uh, that IDW is putting out very, you know, uh, different mini series. Mm -hmm. I've been reading that. Um, and then I like a lot of, uh, the, the collections that Fanagraphics put, puts out. Uh, you asked me how I'm selecting these figures. I'm often looking at what's being uh, reprinted. Uh, yeah. so Spacehawk was, uh, well received so that's one reason i i chose to do him plus i i, I really like the character I, I love wolverton um and uh and then uh i recently picked up uh the bill everett archives which i think is also done nice. by fanographics and there's some interesting artwork in there uh so yeah that's that's what i'm reading right now now, I understand that public domain can be quite a complicated sort of process. So how do you go about ensuring that, that something is actually in the public domain? I mean, you know, you've mentioned Spacehawk is, is Basil Wolverton, but it's it's clearly in the public domain. Is that um, a difficult process? Uh, well, I'm very cautious because I can't afford to be sued by Time, Wa Time Warner or Disney <laughs> or anything like that. Uh, so I, I do right now, I'm just trying to select stuff that's clearly in the public domain. And for stuff that's uh, questionable, like I've had ideas of saying like, you know, the original golden age blank, you know, for the title. So there's no confusion because mm. some of the, even though these characters are in the public domain, sometimes their names have been taken by other um, properties uh, yeah. and you, you, you don't want confusion because yeah, you can be Captain you Marvel can, situation, right? You can then you'll receive a cease and desist, and and I don't want that. So, yeah, uh, yeah. it is complicated though because I I get requests like for quality characters. That's like uh, the uh, Blackhawks and mm. the Human Bomb, and and that's a mess because uh, there's 
I don't, I mean, it's something I don't really want to touch because there is some question if DC properly took over those characters and filed all the paperwork in the mid fifties that they needed to, uh, some of the stuff might actually be public domain, but I'm certainly not going to fight a legal <laughs> battle to find out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I do get questions about licensed properties. And uh, you know, right now I'm just trying to get my feet wet with, with the public domain. And once I have a better grasp of, of the business, cause it is a business, um, then I might attempt to, you know, to, to purchase a license and, uh, you know, do a licensed character. I noticed. Um, I was just looking at the uh, the Twitter account for um, the the project, and you had a little bit of back and forth with Jess Nevins. And uh, yes, that's really exciting for you and him to be talking about this stuff. Yeah, I want to give him a shout out and his uh, project. He had a Kickstarter successful one. Yeah. Um, uh, for a encyclopedia of golden age heroes, and I I missed out on it unfortunately. Yeah. I love his work. I I have the encyclopedia of fantastic victoriana I, I love i love i love all the old sci-fi and 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 uh you know yeah. things like that i really love the, uh, um, the little background pieces he does in um brubaker and phillips um books like um criminal and fatale that no, wasn't criminal i so didn't fatale i didn't know that yeah yeah there's a you know a bunch of them there's the single issues there's a two or three page story about something so for instance hmm. in the first couple of issues of fatale he did um stuff on the um what's his name the cthulhu guy oh yeah did a bit of a uh, lovecraft yeah background background on that um style of horror um yeah there's some great stuff buried away in those issues yeah anyway so i I know he's doing a print edition of the Golden Age Superhero Encyclopedia, so I encourage people to go and, and pick that up when it becomes available. I know there's a, a web version, which I've visited. It's pretty basic, but it gives information on an incredible number of characters. Um, so, yeah, shout out to Mr. Nevins. <laughs> <laughs> and a fun guy. Yeah. Cool. So can you give us any hints of what's coming after Spacehawk? Um, well, nothing locked in yet. <laughs> well, I, I'd actually like to do a, a Wolverton uh, sort of horrific character. I guess it's also sci-fi. I think it's the Brain Bats of Venus. Oh. I think it was reprinted in, um, uh, gosh, maybe the Horror, the Horror by Abrams. Uh, it, it showed up one of these recent reprints. It is a cool story, kind of kind of scary. It, it's, it's kind of a proto alien face hugger, except it wraps itself around your whole head. Oh yeah, I'm just uh, look at a picture of that. That's crazy. Yeah, that would make a pretty neat miniature, you know. <laughs> that would stick uh, but, out on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to, uh, like I said, I want to pick out some sort of famous uh, public dorm- domain horror covers and see what the collectors would like and then um let's see you know the, the obvious ones to do are the better Nidor standard characters like the grim reaper black terror doc strange i think it is uh these ones that have been revived that showed up in like uh alan moore's terra obscura um and then some of them have been revived by dynamite that there seems to be a big following for those uh, the Golden Age Daredevil. I'd like to do both uh, costume variations. Oh, oh, that would be awesome. Mm. The Claw. That would have to be a sp- the special though, because he's enormous. Uh, uh, and I'd probably, I mean, there, I'd probably scale him so he's the size of like the the Sentinel in the Eagle Moss collection. Wow. So that's like six inches, maybe six and a half. 
because uh, there is a story where he shrinks down to a more normal size. Uh, but uh, if you, I love that's another artist, uh, Jack Cole, that I really like. Mm. Uh, he did Plastic Man, he did Daredevil, and a number of other uh, great comics and a tremendous uh, storyteller. Mm. Well, I hope um, if it does get to that point where you're making the, the larger figures that um, us living out here in the Antipodes, postage starts to become a nightmare. So I hope uh, I hope you get some retail interest because I'd definitely buy it off the shelf. Mm. Well, um, the one good thing about this collection is the figurines are pretty lightweight as opposed to the uh, the Eagle Moss lead. I know a lot of people like the heft of the, the Eagle Moss figures. Mm. But I think even they, didn't they switch over to, to resin for their chess collection? Maybe. Um, you can always put on the package safer than Eagle Moss. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I am actually surprised they managed to get distribution in, in the U.S. and not get sued because it's, it, it's so litigious, this society. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, lead is so verboten, so mm. people are, you know, are so mm. scared of lead. Um, but, but anyway, uh, so they are, they are relatively lightweight. In the U.S., it's quite a deal. Uh, I'm able to ship uh, first class. Uh, if it's 13 ounces or under, I ship it first class, and usually it's, it's to any spot in the U.S. within two or three days, mm. and it's pretty, pretty cheap. Uh, so, but unfortunately, uh, for over people overseas. Um, yeah, the postage rate is not that favorable. And in fact, it wasn't this bad even like a year and a half ago. No, like they, yeah, they really screwed us last year. They really raised them like ridiculously, or I think early this year. And I didn't notice it at the time because I don't ship, I wasn't shipping much stuff overseas, but it's unfortunate, you know. Yeah, it's like yeah, they don't yeah. want to post stuff or something. That's right. <laughs> well, the our postal service is essentially bankrupt. So mm -hmm. they're, you know, trying to get money any way they can. Mm. Mm. So you mentioned um, the Golden Age Daredevil and, and obviously Black Terror. So does that mean a lot of the uh, characters that were involved in something like Project Superpowers are available? Uh, I think so, though, of course, I'll have to make it clear that, you know, the ones I'm making are the originals, uh, you know, based on these comics from the 40s. and, mm. and Rather and than Alex Ross designs? Not, not at all. No, I'm not touching those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's And, in fact, Dynamite has just announced their own, like, toy division or something, and I'm sure they'll be bringing out, uh, you know, their versions of Daredevil and Black Terror and all that. It's hard to uh, but I'm not being very clear about what they're no, actually they're not. like. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I just saw the announcement on like uh, Comics Alliance or somewhere mm. uh, that they were doing that. Yes, Ben and I have been having a bit of discussion over at the forum with a couple of the other guys. We what we really want to see is things like you know Kirby Genesis and stuff like that, but we have oh, no yes. idea what they're actually going to make for us. I think my dream is six-inch uh, pulp action figures, you know, Doc Savage and the Shadow, etc. Mm. Well, if if this is a success, I wouldn't mind uh, dipping my toe into pulp, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I like a lot of those classic uh, pulp covers. Uh, I like a lot of the, the covers by a guy named Frank R. Paul. He did stuff for Hugo Gernsbach, like uh, Modern Mechanics. Uh, and they're just uh, just crazy machines and uh, aliens and and uh, just classic uh, sort of sci-fi stuff. Um, and that'd be more in the line of probably doing vehicles or something. And I'm not sure what the market is for that, but someday I, w I would like like to try it. 
Wow, yeah, he did stuff, covers for like amazing stories and things like that. That's correct too. Yeah, he did those as well. Wow. And he's sort of, he's like the the godfather of science fiction illustration, the, you know, the first one who really became well known. That would be yes. very cool. Mm-hmm. So, Jared, um, where can people find more about um, the this project of yours? Uh, GoldenAgeFigurines.com. And then uh, we have links there to various uh, social media like uh, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+, Tumblr. Uh, they're all there. So you have many ways to follow us. We have a newsletter you can sign up for. I promise not to spam you. It's probably averages maybe <laughs> and, one, um, one message a month. <clears throat> one message a month. And with the, the surveys that you'll be sending out, how will people be, get involved in that? Probably the best way would be to sign up for the newsletter, though I'm sure I'll post the links on Facebook and all that as well. Uh, and, you've, so. and you've signed up at our forum so you can spam us there. Oh, <laughs> is that okay if I uh, oh, absolutely. my stuff absolutely. there? Yeah, okay. Because yeah. I've gotten busted. Uh, oh. <laughs> I got in trouble on a couple forums, so I've I got to be a little more cautious. Yeah, some of the forums are a little bit narky about posting links things but um if it's stuff we're interested in then then it's uh, then it's okay yeah. i don't think we'd ever be harsh against someone who came to our forum and said hey here's stuff that you're interested in <laughs> <laughs> i think i think some of the forums as well they have affiliate deals where they have to be really careful about that stuff to keep their sponsors happy and we we, we keep our sponsors happy okay all right well i'll <laughs> definitely come visit and you're on the forum uh, is it killer moth is that who you've signed up as Oh, no, I think it's uh, Blazing Skull Returns or something oh, silly okay. like that. <laughs> I, that's one of my favorite characters from the, the Golden Age. It's a timely Marvel character. Mm. And, uh, of course, uh, I wouldn't mind making a figure of him, but I'd have to get the licensing. And, uh, you know, someday yeah. maybe. See how it goes. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Jared. It's, um, Indeed. Where, um, well, that would I'm very interested in this, and I've I've already pre-ordered my um, my Phantoma. Oh, I should uh, say one more thing uh, for people new to the collection: we're having a giveaway um, where you can win a Stardust figure just by entering a contest. It's uh, with Punch Tab. It's on our GoldenAgeFigurines.com site uh, you know, back, backslash contest. So uh, you just very have cool. to you can enter with uh, Facebook or uh, your email address. Cool, outstanding. And you've gotten a bit of uh, traffic on that so far. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm pleased, you know. And some new new people are signing up, seeing some new names. Excellent. Well, Jared, thanks very much for joining us, and Thank um, you. we look forward to seeing what happens next. Great, it's uh, been a pleasure. Okay, thank you. Thank- Well, before we finish off the episode, we have some feedback from our listeners. Actually, we have quite a bit of feedback tonight. And if you'd like to hear your questions or comments or suggestions or just plain, uh, you know, rants, um, email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com and you may just hear it read out on the air or you may not, but sometimes you will. And I am going to take the first bit of feedback tonight and it is, it starts with 
Hello, you run a great plumbing drainage blog, actionfigureblues.com. I am looking to advertise on your website, specifically place a plumbing drainage-related sponsored post. I would appreciate you letting me know whether this would be possible. And it goes on from there. Um, this episode is brought to you by <laughs> Plumbing and Draining Supplies on actionfigureblues.com. I think that rolls off the table Actually, I, I think this message was written to us from, it says Mario, um, and, and it has a Nintendo address on it. So <laughs> that's about the best thing I can come up with for that. Uh, we are not a plumbing and drainage blog, and if you've gotten all the way through this podcast and haven't figured that out, you may need to seek professional help. So. <laughs> also, if, if Mario, if Mario, if you're looking for Yoshi, um, I got him here. Uh, so <laughs> you can come and claim it whenever you want. I've got some um, feedback from Andy Bentley. So he was at New York Comic Con covering the Maddie panel, and he had a couple of bits of info um, to provide, hopefully, some clarification or further mystification on the, um, the what Maddie is doing. Um, so he has a disclaimer on his on, on this. So we won't hold Andy to any of this. Um, regarding um, the DC Infernal Crisis, uh, Infinite Earths, whatever, um, he says they're doing the last four um, POS. That means piece of shit where I come from. What does that mean? Yeah, it does to me too. I don't really know. Okay, so they're doing the last four POS to maximise sales of already tooled figures. Um, so there was the usual thing about, you know, um, DC fans who didn't sub, they didn't like, you know, X character, but they liked Y character and they didn't want to fork over for all of them just to get one. So maybe somebody will buy, you know, Damien who doesn't want to, you know, at a higher price rather than buying the other figures, yada, 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 as they say. Whatever, I'm not buying any of them. Um, the Doomsday containment suit for versus Unleashed, it's the same story, you know. The, the containment suit one's easier to do because most of that's already tooled using, you know, old pieces like um, the Kilowog tooling and stuff like that. So it's easier to reuse and they can keep the price down relatively. It's the same story. Um, Total Heroes. So Mattel is saying that that's a retail offering and that Maddie and Toy Guru have nothing to do with it. However, the Total Heroes Ultra selection um, is just a head-scratcher, as Andy says. So if it's a Mattel retail offering, then why is there a Maddie uh, purchase online, you know, quarterly figure going on there? I don't think anybody actually gets that one. Um... There was also stuff about the um, Ghostbusters and the question we had about the two packs with the new torso sculpting, um, and that made no sense to anybody, but um, Andy's saying it's because they're the remnants of the Ecto-1 um, that didn't go ahead. So um, they'd already done some tooling on it, and um, they need to get back some of the costs on that. So that's why that's being offered as a two-pack with new torso sculpting. So I, I guess what it what it does is it actually allows you to take their proton pack off, whereas the original ones may not have been that way, from what I understand. Hmm. Anyway, you can make them sit in in your display, not in a car. Yeah, that's just nice. sitting there. Yeah. So they've done the tooling and they want to get some costs back on that, even though the, you know, the Ecto-1's not going ahead. I'm surprised it didn't go ahead. But um, 
Thanks, Andy. It, it provides a little or clarification on some of them. But, um, yeah, it's the same story. And Tom, have you got some feedback? Yeah, I'm reading the last one. It says, it's from JD and says, ha, 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 you guys actually read out my goofy tweet that requested the AFP mention Hulk in every episode. Uh, I didn't think we mentioned here him until now. So, well, this is the Hulk mention of this episode. I didn't expect that at all, so I got a good laugh. The request stemmed from listening to the review of the Hot Toys version of the Hulk, which is $200 out of my price range to own. Plus, before that, there was the AFB episode with the sorry retrospective discussion of the She-Hulk toys. Um, I've been a Hulk fanboy since I was a kid, watching that dry old drama yon Bixby TV show when I was a child, and then later reading the Hulk and She-Hulk comics growing up. Sure, I'm ecstatic that Hulk is back in the public and pop culture consciousness, uh, thanks to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it's awesome that there are plenty of toys of him that have been made, and I found a podcast that will talk about them when the occasion arises. So thanks for that, and I'm going to try to do this honor. Hulk smash this feedback. <laughs> Ooh, that was good. That was really? Yeah. Okay, thanks, JD. Well, thanks, everybody. I mean, that's a lot of feedback. And actually, um, I had one just come across as we were recording on my Twitter feed, and it says, um, this is from Kenny2274, and that he's listened to the last 15 episodes, and he's hooked, and says, good work, boys. So... Um, thanks for listening, Kenny. Uh, we really appreciate it. And, you know, don't be a stranger. And I know you won't because I see you on Twitter all the time. But, again, thanks for listening. And we really appreciate it. So, gentlemen, it looks like we finally came to the end of an epic episode. It has been epic. And even I, though I'm I, recording in the morning, I feel like I need to go and have a lie down now. Oh, man. I'm sorry. That might have more to do with the um, aforementioned red wine from last night. Than yeah. Does. yeah, yeah, I can see that. We won't tell, though. So if we got you and Scott together with black giraffes and red wine, we'd have issues. Mm, I don't know about that, but we could always give it a go. Okay. Maybe that's the uh, Maybe they, episode they 100. both will fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Tom, it's been really awesome having you here. It's really great to talk to you. Yeah, it's been great. I really liked it. What? You like that we're hey. talking to you as well? That beats cool. Yes, I, I, yeah, I do. Sorry, <laughs> sometimes I, I get messed up <laughs> with the words. I'm sorry. It happens yeah, it's been to awesome. me all the time. <laughs> Excellent. But, all right, gentlemen, with this, we will say good night. And good day to you, sir. And good night. Don't forget to have, don't forget to have your Adam Spader neutered. <laughs> See you later, guys. Night. See you later. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and downloaded direct at actionfigureblues.com by clicking on the podcast tab. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join in with all of the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, new releases, old lines, and engage in trades and sales in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, ShelfLife.net, and the Pop Culture Superstore, who help keep our site running. You can also find us on Twitter at AFBlues and on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening.
okay going second? Yep. Alright. No problem. You're, you're not doing the hair of the dog thing, are you? Me. Eli? Yeah. No, no. Yesterday, though, I think it was probably about 10 or 11 in the morning, I suddenly thought that beer would be a good idea, but that didn't happen. We, we, wait, I am. And we wait until about <laughs> 5.30 in the afternoon. I once had the bright idea of, it was after, I think, we recorded a show of, um, I made a, what did I make? Captain Crunch, and I put a Kahlua in my milk. Oh, wow. Jeez, yeah, this that shows, wasn't. No, this show's driving you to do strange things. That, that wasn't a good idea. Because about an hour after that, I had to take a nap. I'm a couple mind. of episodes behind. You haven't done your homework. <laughs> no, I haven't. Um, How are you going to make so a name that, I guess? <laughs> I'm just going to, like, say some crap. Uh, and... Hope I get it. <laughs> you never know. Is yeah. it Barbie? <laughs> no. It isn't Barbie this week. Uh, I try and save those for when Scott's on the show. 